0: can't go Hi folks, I'm Alan Watson. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 14th of August 2012. And as usual, I advise newcomers to go in and use the website, make good use of it, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll find lots of other official sites listed there on the front page. And all carry audios for free download where I go through the histories of the big system you're living in, the system that runs the world basically and gives you a fake reality on a daily basis. But help yourself to the audios there. There's also transcripts in English and all those sites for print up. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into AlanWattSentinel.eu and help yourself from the variety offered there. Remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you because I don't bring on advertisers as guests. I don't sell anything else except from the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And I depend upon you, the listener, to keep me going. It's kind of suicidal that way, but then the opposite is also rather scary because then you're into big business and commerce. And then you're commercialized. So if you want to keep me going, you can help me out by buying the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And if you don't know the past, you won't know the present and what's happening in the future. Because the media's intention is to keep you really muddled as you go through it all until you wonder how eventually you got where you are. That's how it works. Very simple. And remember, too, that from the US to Canada, you can still order using personal checks or international postal money orders from the post office. You can send cash or you can use PayPal. And across the waters, you can use uh, MoneyGram and Western Union and PayPal once again. Also, straight donations are really awfully welcome in this day and age of hyperinflation. Because that's really what we've got. It's it's a steady marked inflation to bring you into austerity. The whole world's going under it because that's the plan for the future. And I'll I'll kind of touch on that tonight too in one of the the articles I've got here. But to understand, we are guided and directed from birth to death along a pathway predetermined by big, big powers. Written out in, in very intensive data, in other words, it's not just guesses by the big boys themselves, how should we do this? It's all worked out by their think tanks. And they have think tanks working hundreds and hundreds across the planet, working on every facet of society and culture and behavior and everything else to do with humanity. So we're guided and nudged and pushed along the path. Uh, that serves our masters very well because they've already planned the future for a post-democratic society. They've already said that the Club of Rome its an authoritarian society. It's post-consumerism. You have to cut back on everything, paying big energy bills. And all your extra cash will go on paying your basics. That's what it's all about, just to stay alive as they move you all off into even more crowded old cities for, uh, for the masses, that is. It sounds rather nasty, but that's what they have all planned out. I'll touch on that tonight anyway, because they're putting out the data all the time, mainly through universities, because that's where they recruit their own world managers from the next generation, and they give them more data on that, on the upcoming scary scenarios of the future, and how they must get us all like a big, big herd into these overcrowded cities and again too as I say make use of the website because I go through the histories of the organisations at least from the late 1800s as they broke out openly and started publishing their books on how the world should really be run and how uh, there really were real classes mental intellectual classes of society from the top to the bottom and that most of them should be ruled by those at the top that's what they really believe still do they have academia on board they're very snobbish in that area and elitist and they're into eugenics big time. It isn't just uh, the electronic field that's that's transforming fast it's us as well as the bioengineered the people. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix and it's astonishing the world we do live in. Most folk take it for granted. They really do. And all the changes they take for granted as well, the majority of the public always really have done that. And studies have been done over the last 100 and 150 years on that very topic. Even HG Wells mentioned it too when he was on a a big ocean liner going across the Atlantic. he, He said how many people are actually in wonder at the speed we're going in his day for this big liner that was going pretty fast for that time, he says, how many people are actually thinking about uh, how fast we've come, and, and who, are th- who are astonished by the achievements and in awe, and true enough, most of the folk on board were just having a good old time, partying and all the rest of it, probably never entered their head, that not long before it, you'd be on a sailing boat, a wooden ship, uh, taking months to go across. So that's how we adapt. We adapt to all the changes. We're the best informed slaves in, 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 in society. It's ever existed in history, actually. We have so much information about our slavery. And even that itself can actually work in, in, the, in the best interests of those who control us. The fact that we know a lot of it, we can kind have of consent to it, you see. And it's all contractual as well. Although the big boys at the top make it impossible for eventually for you to not, for instance, use the Internet, etc. That's their, their idea with a cashless society getting really pushed big time. And even government wants and telling you from Canada, for instance, they want you to buy a little flash drive down the road. They'll connect you with them so they can talk directly to you, the individual. Exactly, what, again, going back to H.G. Wells, what he talked about about 100 years ago. And you have no one else to stand up around you as a group, so therefore you're not part of democracy. So you need a big group to be heard, to be part of democracy. They talked about that a hundred years ago, too. And so uh, if you're just little old Jew, uh, and you have no one to stand up for you, even family anymore, then the government's got you where they want you. You know, sh- you know shivering and terrified, like Lincoln Winston and, and, and George Orwell's book, 1984. And the big boys at the top, even though they're broke one minute, they're full of money the next. There's an article here, for instance, like, J.P. Morgan spends $500 million dollars on a a new data center. And it says they're building a data center according to the CEO, Jamie Dimon. It says that figure places the firm's facilities amongst the most expensive in the country on a par with investments by Google and Microsoft and their largest data centers. It's it's astonishing, isn't it? They're all broke one minute and getting bailed out. Next minute, they're up there, you know, buying over the world. And we must accept this as, as just normalcy. Most folk do, mind you. They really do. And again, even when people think that the last big uh, meeting to do with global warming was a failure down at Rio, they're nonsense, nothing's further from the truth. They never give up because they're, they're backed by the big boys themselves. The big NGOs, you're always hearing crisis, 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 uh, they're backed by the foundations that run the world. Private corporations run the world, not, not your governments. Your governments are there to do what they're told by the corporations above them. And I've gone through, and, and so of the big boys themselves, who worked with corporations, have written their books, like Quigley and other people, that um, it's a feudal system you're living in. And they even put your prime ministers and presidents in and have for a hundred years, a hundred years, and you think you're voting them in. But this article here to show you that they're not they're not giving up because why should they when it's the big boys need you all to believe that if you don't get crowded into these cities and become austere and, and stop breeding, then it's all over for everyone. In reality it's for the utopia of the elites, as we all die off, you see, then their offspring can go down through the eons uh, with using slaves as popul as, as, as workers really bioengineered slaves of course. Better than us. They won't eat much, they won't need entertainment. And parties and so on. But says, study predicts imminent irreversible planetary collapse. Ooh, it's always imminent in crisis. Remember a few years back, Prince Charles, who also belongs to these groups, of course, said the same thing. If you don't change everything in four months, it's all over. But anyway, this article says, uh, again, it's for university people because that's where they recruit from to terrify the next generation. It says the authors recommend governments undertake five actions immediately if we're to have any hope of delaying or minimizing a planetary state shift. That's a new term for it. It's a state shift, planetary state shift. Ooh, sounds scary. Arne Moores, an SFU biodiversity professor and co-author of the study, summarizes them as follows. Society globally has to collectively... I like globally and collective. The collective is a type of socialism... Uh, decide that we need to drastically lower our population very quickly. Now, that's exactly what Rockefeller said at the Lucky Gene Club a couple of years ago, We're going to drastic and fast depopulation and now, he said. He says, more of us need to move to optimal uh, areas at higher density. That's the crowded cities, the old cities, not the new ones that are lying vacant around the world for the big elite to move into. And let parts of the planet recover. That's what's about recovery, folks. As says, folks like us have to be forced to be materially poorer. Okay, that's what it is. Folks like us have to be forced to be materially poor. Of course, the author doesn't see herself like the rest of you. But also, we also need to invest a lot more in creating technologies to produce and distribute food without eating up more land and wild species, a very tall order. So they never give up from their mantra that they've been prattling on about for a hundred odd years because it's all of you folk that they want to get rid of. You see, stop stop procreating and having children. You know, they don't mind you procreating. In fact, they want that because then there's no family. You, you won't bond with anybody, but don't have children. That's the whole point in this thing. And the article I read day too, where they talk about um, eventually the government will step in and, and say who can breed with whom. They'll genetically match you up and all that kind of stuff. So uh, very old stuff that always rehashed, rehashed because the agenda never changes, never changes. I'll put this up tonight and the full text as well, the whole article, so you can go through it for those who want to. And another article, too, was from this is the Global Intelligence Files. It says, on Monday, February 27th, 2012, WikiLeaks began publishing the Global Intelligence Files, over 5 million emails from the Texas headquartered global intelligence company Stratfor. The emails date between July 2004, late December 2011. They reveal the inner workings of a company that fronts as an intelligence publisher but provides confidential intelligence services to large corporations such as uh, Bhopal's Dow Chemical Company, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, Grumman, uh, Raython, and government agencies, including the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, U.S. Marines, U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency. It shows Stratford's web of informers, payoff structures, payment laundering techniques, and psychological methods. And the, one of this art, the articles is about the Libya operation. It's a kind of hindsight thing. But um, Libya, of course, was predetermined years ago, long before they attacked it, as all of them are. And, um, and, of course, they divvied up the oil fields before they even went in there. It was already divvied up. And But the same thing with Iraq, is now admitted that uh, the big oil company boys went to see Tony Blair long before they went into Iraq, and they decided who was getting what oil fields. This is plunder, you know. But um, again, too, the whole idea is to get all of these uh, guys out of the, the area so they can uh, then use it for themselves. And what's interesting, too, they talked about uh, the, the Council on Foreign Relations, trilateral commission you had um, Kissinger talking about leaving them in states of where they, they would f- basically fight each other with internally all different factions and groups and different types of Muslims and so on they'd keep them all fighting forever and they'll be completely dysfunctional forever and then all they have to do is to pay a gang uh, to guard the big oil corporations that can go and plunder for peanuts for pennies so I'll put this one up tonight too on, on a Libya operation to show you how it really was all about Also Bernanke um, At the 32nd General Conference Of the International Association For Research in Income and Wealth Gave a a talk I'll put that up tonight too And he goes on about uh, uh, Other measurements But what's interesting with Bernanke He's now parting the same term To do with uh, austerity And gross domestic happiness If, If the peasants are happy We can make them happy by psych- psychology, basically, repetition, psychology, and so on. And uh, and just they won't mind so much about being poor. That's in the speech, too, if you go through it, for those who can handle reading for 10 minutes. I'll put that up tonight as well. And we know with the banker scandal about how they, they were swapping mortgages and jacking the prices up and reselling them until they couldn't even find who the original owners of houses happened to be. But And they were also faking the people who were coming forward, their, their income, so they get houses they could never afford. And um, this was happening across the whole world, we are global, you see. And in Australia, it says, broker blows the whistle on subprime scandal. Uh, West Australia mortgage broker who got rich by fudging figures has blown the whistle on the banks that conspired in Australia's own subprime mortgage scandal. In 2007, Kate Thompson was West Australia's mortgage broker of the year. Now she's facing fraud charges. It's alleged that Mortgage Miracles in Canning Vale in Western Australia obtained investment loans for customers by using falsely inflated earnings and assets. Miss Thompson admits that's exactly what she did. I'd get up front commission. I would get a trailing commission. I was probably earning about $5 million a year. It was great. It was wonderful. But it was all a lie, she said. But she was not alone. Uh, hook me up to a lie detector test and hook them up. I'll lay my evidence on the table. They'll fail a lie detector test miserably. They are corrupt. They are protecting each other, Miss Thompson said. Along with similar claims before a parliamentary inquiry in Canberra last week, her evidence has the potential to rock the finance industry. Well, they'll cover it up because they're often good at covering things up. It's through a series of emails from banks to brokers how to get their deals across the line, make the deal fit, they targeted to the older people, people on carers, allowance and old age pensions. Uh, Denise Braley from the Banking and Finance Consumer Support Association told Inquiry, I would get upfront commission. I would get a trailing commission. I was probably earning five million, etc., etc. The evidence suggests that banks and other lending uh, lenders tacitly encourage mortgage brokers en masse to make up fictitious stories about customers so they could get loans to falsify their income. Well, that's what money and banking's always been about, folks. It's all a fraud. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix and it's true you know most folk float through life and adapt all the time to everything. They have no suspicion on anything. Why should they? Their their parents never told them to be suspicious about government and that you can't trust them and show them old history books to show how many times government has sunk their own peoples and how corrupt government's always been. So they take everything for granted, as they're born, everyone in their own uh, group does, their own age group, and they're taught in school. That that further sorts it in their mind, it fixes it in their mind, the government's sort of there above them, and it's it's all okay, and just be happy and have fun. So most folk just naturally do that. And meanwhile, you have cloning uh, conferences going on, gene therapy, human behavior alteration through genetics. And eugenics, of course, 2005, uh, they they had a a big meeting uh, with non-governmental organizations, you know, these big private armies that go out and protest things and demand things from governments on behalf of the big bankers who have the foundations that fund them, you know, billions and billions of dollars every year. And they had a big meeting with NGOs and UNESCO for the United Nations. And it's called Joint Program Commission Science and Ethics to do with just that, cloning gene therapy, human behavior, and eugenics in six lectures. And uh, I'll I'll, I'll put that up tonight to a link for it. And you can go through it from eugenics today to where they're going to take it with the history of gene therapy and future of medicine and bioethics as well. But also behavioral ethics, very interesting genetics and human behaviour because they want to alter you all eventually through your genes you're all modified right now through the rubbish you eat actually and also the injections they give you as well so I'll put that up for those who are interested in what's actually happening to them and uh, and some people will remember it most won't Also, Canada's Prime Minister Stephen Harper and German Chancellor Angela Merkel uh, are meeting together to do with a 2-day visit, to do with getting Canada back into uh, lending money or, or putting money in the taxpayers' money into bailing out of Europe. Mrs. Harper will be looking for Merkel, the leader of the European Union's largest economy, to lend support to a free trade agreement between Canada and the EU as negotiations under the critical last stages over the next uh, few months, enter the last critical stages. Remember, too, that's a whole deal, a world under what they call free trade. But there must be all particular types of democratic institutions, meaning it's a coin game for the public to believe in, because uh, that's what they all are, all democracies always are. Winston Churchill talked about this before, actually during World War I he actually named the ones who were causing all the problems with this new idea he says this new idea called democracy and um, but it, it works awfully well folk think they actually have rights and stuff And uh, but this article here uh, talks about the free trade because that's the whole thing a world of free trade which means corporate, big corporations only and all the rest of you don't, can't get in even if you have a medium-sized business, you won't get into the free trade at all. But your countries almost have, also have to this particular type of democracy that's that's that belongs to trading blocks. You see, and it's got, not any old democracy. We've seen democracies overthrown for years by the U.S. and Britain across the world. 'cause they'll say, well, they're left wing or whatever, a socialist to just throw them over. You have to be friendly towards the plans of Britain and the US. It's that kind of democracy, meaning their financial interests. Anyway, it says, for her part, the German Chancellor were asked Harper to reconsider his steadfast refusal to sending Canadian dollars across Atlantic to help Europe contend with its ongoing economic crisis. You know, the crisis is getting billions and billions as they throw money around from country to country and borrow, borrow, borrow from the World Bank, which suits the bankers awfully well, and they can't tell you where it's all going. But it's a German embassy official said Merkel's two-day visit was prompted by a personal invitation from Harper after numerous meetings, etc., etc. Now, that's as, that's as sharp as the Canadian press get on things. Like, you want, you want to yawn, you know, because they'll never tell you what they're really going to be prattling on about. And also... Um, renewed violence in Iraq. Now, as I mentioned before, this is from the Council on Foreign Relations, this organization that on behalf of the big foundations runs the world and all the world's press. And they also write all the books for universities and schools to make sure you get the proper fictitious past and histories and all the rest of it. And it's a massive group. Even Churchill talked about them too when he was out in the loop. But it says... Iraq remains a fragile state, deeply traumatized and riven by 30 years of war, sanctions, occupation, civil strife. What well, didn't happen when the last leader was in there. He kept all these different factions from fighting each other, didn't he? I mean, isn't that just the fact of it all? And um, it says here that... Um, now it's got all these factions fighting each other, etc. Because they're all getting funded by the West to keep fighting. And um, and that's what Kissinger said. If you can keep them all fighting forever, they're of no threat to anybody. They can be easily dominated, and we can get all the all the, the oil and stuff out of the country. So they're funding different factions, Kurdish minorities, etc., Sunni-dominated ones, and yada yada yada. This is the most serious risk to Iraq's. Iraq's internal stability. instability came from the overlapping and interacting effects of renewed ethnic or sectarian conflict, a la Kissinger, on the one hand, and an irreversible inter- breakdown of the current constitutional order on the other. Well, I thought that it all worked out and they put in their own old puppet government. It was all working just well dandy, wasn't it? Well, all these countries now will be in chaos forever. That's the plan. Chinese companies are pulling out of U.S. stock markets. Well, mind you, too, they're into the BRIC countries now. They're, they've got into Brazil and Latin American countries, Philippines and other countries, too. Take them on board, and this is part of the reason they're pulling out of the U.S. stock markets. It says they leave the U.S. stock markets amid complaints about price, accounting, scrutiny, and um, they're looking elsewhere for, you know, this communist government needs better you know, places to invest their cash. Back with more after this. Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm back, cutting through the matrix, and really, you can't do a satire anymore these days because things are so bizarre. They really are so bizarre. Because we're living in such massive corruption and that the, the, whatever answers were given from the top down for the public are just a, a joke. Let's be honest, but they're all a joke. And big things are afoot, very big things are afoot, of course. And um, we're not supposed to know. Again, just, just, it's like children. You talk to the children. Go out and play, you tell them. When the adults have my serious conversation, go and play. And that's what they're telling us to do at the bottom level. Another one I'll put up tonight to a PDF is from the Government Memorandum of Understanding between the Department of Defence and Department of the Interior on Renewable Energy and the Renewable Energy Partnership Plan. And so it's it's a plan to do with renewable energy generation from public lands and the Outer Continental Shelf and a lot more stuff in between as well. I'll put that up tonight too. And... Tim Yeo in Britain has had a lot of great press as they push the guy up. There. See, they, Just like stars, they build you up to make you a kind of star. I read articles a while back on him too and his background as well, which is rather interesting. But anyway, uh, Tim Yeo in Britain, this member of parliament, is the head of the climate change and all this kind of stuff. He's a god of the air, in other words let go back to the old gods of, of the Greeks. But anyway, it says, Climate Committee Chairman Tim Yeo is under pressure over industry links. And so it says, MP Tim Yeo is facing a backlash from his colleagues on the Energy and Climate Change Select Committee over his paid roles within the renewable energy sector, it was reported. So he's getting about umpteen paychecks as, as he's a member of Parliament in charge of, you know, renewable energy. But it says that... Um, He's facing the backlash from it. It says, it reported, he received more than 139,450 pounds from power firms because he's given all these contracts out to renewable energy, so they're paying him back, you know, under the table, according to the MP's register of interests. And uh, this is uh, the former environment minister has promoted low carbon energy sources, even claiming it may be necessary to bribe communities to accept wind farms. You know, this is what runs the world today. You see bribe communities to accept wind farms. Well, what he means by that, you don't bribe the community, you, you bribe the, the heads, you know, the Chamber of Commerce and the guys who help run your city and all the rest of it, and uh, your council. They get bribes, and then they move out because the noise is so terrible from these wind farms. And it says Mr Yeo, who's also president of the Renewable Energy Association, received all this cash, hundred and forty and a half thousand pounds from power firms. That'll be just for one year. And... Um, it says we are seeking advice on how this can be done as select committee chairmen are now elected. There's obviously a potential conflict of interest here, the source told the newspaper. And well, isn't there ever? But I mean, you know, of course you'll he actually said Mr. Yeo said, not only have my interests been correctly registered at all times, but they were listed in full on the ballot paper circulated to all members of Parliament when I was elected chair of the committee in June 2010. Furthermore, I've held the views of expressed regularly on renewable energy consistently and strongly since 1993, as many publicly available documents over the last 90 years show. In other words, he doesn't answer the fact he's taking all these bribes at all. That's what politicians do. Eh? They always say something, but not, they never answer your question. If he'd shared some of the cash and split it around, you know, he wouldn't have been in the mess he's in with other politicians, you see. Now, CFR, Council on Foreign Relations, again, the one that all top uh, writers belong to across the world because they give you your reality, you see. Uh, It says, uh, Why the Iran uh, Oil Sanctions Are Biting by Michael Levi. And who has no conflict of interest in anything at all. I'll put this link up tonight too, and you can read that as well. Now, Steve Wozniak, who co-founded Apple Computers with Steve Jobs, uh, he's come out again and talked more uh, about uh, the different things that are happening with the Internet control. And he's really unhappy about it. He says he knew personal computers would change the world someday, even during his start at Apple, a company co founded with Steve Jobs in the early 70s, decades later, though he acknowledges that the journey has not been without obstacles. Which is the Internet, when it first came, was a breath of fresh air. It was free. Nobody owned the Internet space. Countries didn't own it. They didn't control it. It was worldwide. It was people to people. It was like we little people of the world all of a sudden had this incredible resource, and we didn't have to go through other people selling it to us and delivering it to us. Uh, However, the Silicon Valley legend says that the openness of the Internet has changed a lot since then. In part of an array of laws introduced since home, computers became more and more commonplace. Well, he doesn't dismiss that efforts from regulators have been at, at time in good intention. He says uh, these were new laws that were just going to totally try to put up roadblocks to services that had other pe- very good purposes in our life. And he goes on and on about what they hoped and dreamed for and what it's actually become. And, um, and they'd actually hoped, too, that they'd have a, a global governance through the internet too. You know, they're all global this and global that, depends what wing they belong to, left wing or right wing or, you know, Whatever, the feet of the bird, the head of the bird, you know, they're all birds eventually. But they always want global things to, to dominate people's lives. And, of course, I don't think any group would, would allow that to happen, even this group here, if he was in charge of it. Eventually, they'd come in and start censoring it. That's what, that's what power is all about, you see. Now, I've hope' put an awful lot of faith in written bits of paper that they, they won't back up or do anything about. They won't stand up for it themselves, like constitutions and things. But they're always prattling on about them. And, of course, a paper's worth nothing unless folk do back it up. I mean, back it up, you know. But in an Irish court, it says it rules against a mother's right to re- refuse vaccination. Interesting little article. Clara Sullivan from Waterford, uh, who has refused consent for her younger five-year-old son to be vaccinated, was before the High Court on the 18th of June 2012. She was there to seek an injunction on an order from her local district court taken by the father of the child. It says, uh, Mr. Sullivan, who was main organiser of the Awaken Ireland event in Waterford earlier this month, travelled in the early hours of the morning to Dublin from Waterford in an effort to seek an injunction on the order made by the district court. By the afternoon in a private sitting, clearly invoked Article 41.1.1 of the Irish Constitution in the original dial- direct literal translation. Now what it says is the state acknowledges that the family is a basic primary group unit of and for society according to nature, and it's a moral institution which has inalienable, invincible rights which are more ancient and higher than any human statutes. Very well put, and people say that's awfully clear, but not when lawyers get a hold of it. But um, it says, however, the judge refused to accept the invocation of the article of the Constitution, and refused an injunction on the previous order. So see, uh, the, if you, you know, nobody's going to stand up for this. I mean, if he can just dismiss that, he can dismiss anything, can't he? And they do. They do dismiss everything. So paper's worthless. Power is all that matters. And if no one's willing to go up and get behind this woman, then, and especially with the family units, then it's all over, isn't it? It says that the judge refused to accept the, the invocation, the article and constitute refused refused an injunction on the previous order. This is clearly not only a violation of Ms. Sullivan's rights as a mother, but also a violation of the Irish constitution itself. And Ms. Sullivan stated these vaccinations are not mandatory in the Republic of Ireland. All parents are given a consent form to sign in a consent or I do not consent section. I chose not to consent. I feel that I'm acting in the best interests of my uh, child, and my decision is to protect him. I've every right to make this decision as a primary carer, natural mother, sole custodian, and legal guardian of my son. Alarmingly, this is the second time in a week that the members of the BAR, this British accredited registry, as of lawyers, have refused to recognise the constitution of Ireland. Last Friday, Ben Gilroy invoked Article 40, habeas corpus, in the High Court of Dublin, which was passed between seven High Court judges and completely ignored. So, so much for it's a piece of paper, eh? So much for it. And, of course, the folk themselves... See, one generation can get the stuff in, but the next generation gets spoiled and, and take everything for granted, and then they won't stand up and fight for their rights, fight for anything at all. Now, Jerry Sundusky... <laughs> I had to laugh when all that broke out because, I mean, the whole town, everybody knew what they were up to. I mean, thousands of folk knew what they were up to. They lived in the darned area. And of course, they were all shocked when they found it. Oh, they were all shocked like they didn't know a darned thing. That utter nonsense. Jerry Sandusky, and major Penn State donor, abused two boys aboard a private plane, claims a new witness. And the FBI is investigating where Sandusky shared boys with a wealthy backer of the football program. They are a ring going. Postal Service is always looking at allegations that Sandusky sent seductive letters through the mail as part of the child porn ring. New witnesses challenged the notation that Sandusky worked alone in abusing young boys. Of course there were more big, beca- and higher up people too, to really keep it all safe, keep them out of the, 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 the limelight, you see. So it says that, as um, is a ringmaster? A man has come forward alleging he saw Jerry Sandusky, and prominent Penn State University donor, sexually abusing two boys together aboard a private plane. The FBI, as I say, they're taking it seriously and has opening an investigation to a paedophile sex ring that could spread beyond the former Penn State football, football coach. Until so now authorities have believed that Sandusky was a lone abuser, the newest allegations threatened to bring up more hor- horrifying revelations about sexual abuse surrounding the once prestigious college athletics program. And RadarOnline.com reports that the witness who has business ties to the Penn State Booster told postal inspectors and the FBI that he was aboard the private plane when the alleged abuse occurred. He said he remains silent about what he saw until now and doesn't know whether the boys are new victims or if they've have already been identified as having been abused by the former defense, defensive coordinator. If the feds can prove that this witness is saying, then a sickening situation just got worse, uh, a source told Radar. So this could go on and on and on forever of course because I'm sure they'll do their best to, to stop it tearing wide so that you all have a big peak inside but uh, this stuff's going on all over the place too and uh, big money talks I and mean, it always does talk or actually big, big money can stop all the talking as well <laughs> depends how important people are involved and Britain of course Britain is broke it's always broke it's just paid about 11 billion dollars for the Olympics there and it'll take another 25 years to try and pay off the debt for that. Uh, but that's okay, the, the people themselves will pay off the debt, because there'll be re, redone in austerity. And, uh, but they're also getting all these Sky Drones now too. Britain's going to go crazy with Sky Drones. Spying the Sky Drones to patrol Britain's shores for terrorists, smugglers, and illegal immigrants, it says. And they're going to spend £260 million on Eurosur project, which includes the Mediterranean coast being patrolled by surveillance drones and the defence firms are testing sophisticated sense-and-avoid systems on unmanned aerial vehicles over the Sea. And so unmanned spy drones could patrol Britain's shores looking for illegal immigrants and smugglers, as the European Commission aims to spend £260 million on its Eurosur project, which includes a plan for surveillance drones to, to go to the Mediterranean coast. Well, they have special ones there because on the Mediterranean coast too, a lot of the bigwigs go there and of course they'll they'll have no fly sections for them. At the same time, several schemes are underway in Britain among aiming to develop civilian roles for aircraft based on killer drones hunting Al-Qaeda terrorists in Afghanistan and Pakistan. Big business, isn't it? War industries. Oh, 25 years ago, there were articles out at the time. They could, they saw this time coming. But once they're finished with all their wars abroad, they said, what are they going to do? All these big industrial uh, uh, corporations that deal with war. And they said they'll have to get something going internally across the world and internally. And they're going to high tech surveillance, etc. Well, here it all is. See, you're living in a... I keep saying you're living a script and you are. It's all pre-written. They don't say things and leave it at that. They get their think tanks working on it right away. And they start putting it into effect. Since says that the high-tech measures against terrorists, illegal immigrants and smugglers in the Med are successful, there will be pressure on the UK to follow suit. Surveillance planes with military-grade cameras will be more effective at monitoring the coastline than satellites or standard planes. It will also be you stop little guys getting off in boats and try to get out of the country to, to somewhere more habit- habitable and safe across the world somewhere. British defence firms are testing sophisticated sense and avoid systems on the unmanned aerial vehicles. So, everything's so sophisticated. Then a month later it's obsolete, they've got to get new ones. This is fantastic, it's better than the Cold War, where every other, every other month they say, oh, we need new missiles, the Russians are ahead of us. And sure enough, the House of Lords in Britain would, would, well, they, who are all got big massive shares in the companies that made the missiles, the anti-missile missiles, uh, they'd go ahead with this new, you know, whatever they called it, with the fancy killer names, etc. It was a great business, the Cold War. So is this, though. Syria's 17th-month-old political and humanitarian crisis has continued to deteriorate over the last several weeks. Councilor foreign relations, this is from folks, as clashes escalate between rebels and Syrian armed forces in the country's largest cities. Kofi Annan, chief architect of the failed UN Arab League peace plan, resigned his post in frustration early August. Meanwhile, the Assad regime suffered another high-profile setback with the defection of its prime minister, Rihad Hijab an influx of foreign jihadists into Syria has helped, that's all, the Al-Qaeda guys, has helped bolster rebel fighting, but it's raising grave concerns about the country's future stability, so they've got a working tr- group going with, uh, with Turkey of all places You see, Turkey's a great ally now, you see and they'll have to pay off Turkey big time because Israel's got bases in Turkey as well now and, uh, and so is the U.S. with big ties with Turkey. So was a working group with Turkey that will support the opposition in Syria, provide humanitarian aid and develop contingency planning. Reports indicate that U.S. intelligence agencies have been authorized to provide rebels with non-lethal assistance. Well, they can get around that any way they want. But the full scope of the support remains unclear. To date, more than 17,000 people are estimated to have been killed in the Syrian conflict and 150,000 refugees have fled into neighboring countries. The Council on Foreign Relations Issued Guide provides expert analysis and essential background on the Syrian unrest, because it's part of the big world intelligence network, because it's one of the biggest ones, actually. And they also supply all your politicians at the top, and all your media boys as well. Big, powerful organization. Now, I think about a year or two ago, I read an article, too, about the big foundations. Uh, you know, the charitable philanthropic groups that run the world, and all the NGOs, and how they're buying up vast tracts of Africa, because it's great farming land, you know, in Africa. And, of course, they already had foreseen, because they helped to plan it all, uh, this new system where they would bring in, uh, putting your, your, all the world's food on the trade markets and into, into um, the futures market and a whole bunch of different markets that they, they put bets on, on good crops, bad crops. Then if they a bad crop somewhere and they've got a friend in, in the harp agencies who's going to really drown you out or, or give you a drought, then you, you've got a winner right away because you can bet on bad crops and the price of that particular item, corn, whatever it is, goes way up, you see. And this is how the world is run, folks. High tech runs the world. And I've actually put tonight up an article from the 70s from the United Nations, the treaty to do with weather warfare. This this is old stuff. They've been using it for years. But anyway, it says, uh, the British imperialists snapping up swaths of Africa to cash in the world's food shortage and forcing out small farmers. They've got it on a derivatives market as well, your food now. It's up in that big casino, you see. It says, "An, an odd retirement hobby. Uh, Britain's top soldier, the former commander of British land forces and the man who capped his military career by presiding over the funeral of the Queen Mother has been planting crops in the African bush. Not personally understand, but Sir Charles Redmond Watt has been mixing with Chinese billionaires, Saudi sheikhs, Wall Street, whiskids and a motley array of British adventurers who agree with the financial guru of Soros that farmland is one of the best investments of our time. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. we cutting through the matrix and talking about the, the farming takeover, or farmland takeover by the city financiers, that's the city of London. They say that the, the, the new imperialists are the city of London. Well, they've always been the same imperialists, haven't they? And they're returning to colonies that they walked away from half a century ago. Give them time, you see, to get it all back for peanuts. And as upon leaving the army, Sir Charles, who once commanded 125,000 military personnel, became chairman of a shell company called Las Vegas Registered Cryptic Entertainment, which later changed its name to Farmlands of Guinea. The company, set up by British sheep farmer Mark Keegan, controls 250,000 acres of bush in the West African state of Guinea, bought on what was described as an extremely generous terms from the government there. It will planned... Plant 8,000 acres of maize and soya this year. Fellow board member, Nigel Woodhouse, a trustee of Labour Peer, Lord uh, Melkut's Soil Association, told me one village handed over its land for the equivalent of... Remember the old glass beads that used to come? That's when they got, I think, Manhattan, wasn't it? The equivalent of three pounds. How's that? These swines. These swines in the city of London are grabbing all these Africans' lands. And they're going to sell you big, expensive uh, stuff down the road, believe you me, for you to eat because they are in charge of the world's food supply. Three pounds they got from a, a whole village they cleared off for the land. Doesn't sound much for a company that says it's unlocking the riches of an African agricultural treasure trove, which is on such good terms with local leaders. That it's also secured exclusive rights to make market a further 3.7 million acres of Guinea, an area roughly the size of Yorkshire. His job done, Sir Charles resigned from the outfit last December. He declined to comment on his African sojourn, but who can doubt that his prestige helped clinch deals in the former French colony? Many of the big beasts of British business have joined the global land rush. Sir Richard Branson, who famously fought two of the Virgin Islands in the Caribbean, has now bagged 25,000 acres of prime South African safari country. Jim Slater, notorious asset stripper from the 70s, is growing genetically modified maize on Brazilian prairie once owned by the father of racing driver uh, Ayrton Senna. City superwoman Nicola Horlick is investing the pension funds of Hampshire and Merseyside councils in Brazilian farmland. Meanwhile, fetid bond trader Guy Hans bought cattle stations three times bigger than whales from the state of the legendary TV mogul Kerry Packer and Joe Lewis, the owner of Tottenham Hotspur, has invested a chunk of the fortune he made uh, butting, betting against Sterling two decades ago by buying a slab of scenic Patagonia. Uh, and goes through a whole bunch of them which are just buying up Africa for pennies really. Because you see food's gonna be awfully expensive. It already is. Now that it's on the global market. You see laws you see that to do with exports and imports, but not with free trade anymore, you see. Because now they can take, even if you're starving at home, they can take all the food that's produced at home and sell it abroad. For After all, it's got nothing to do with you as private corporations, right? And you can starve to death at home or pay the big bucks. It's all coming, folks. Because, you see, you've never had nations. You've never had democracy or rights. And you've never had politicians that were genuine and uh, for the people. It's never happened. It just hasn't been there. The Council on Foreign Relations in its history has just told you they've given you every Prime Minister and President for a 100 years now. Across the world. How is that? Except the ones they're killing off right now and grabbing all their, their, their lands. That's the real world you're living in. Most folk don't mind. It's party time at the weekend when they go out to the weekend and there's lots of entertainment out there. we the only people who go down the, the tubes just, you know, with entertainment coming out our ears. And fiction. It's nothing but fiction and comedies and television. Brains are scrambled, eh? And yet it's never been so much information there is now. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, this good night me, your God or your gods, go with you.